Mother's Day is a holiday where we honor moms, and my mom is easy to honor. And I know that that's not a given for everybody, but I tell you, my, you met her. I mean, she is absolutely incredible. She's given me so many wonderful traits, lessons about leadership, about service. She loved me and loves me when I'm, when I'm struggling. My mom is a hero of mine. And so these, this holiday for me is pretty easy. I don't struggle with it. But I know it is complicated for people. It's, it's complicated. And so just to, you know, to explain that, it's, it's complicated because moms and dads, parents, are imperfect, right? Um, even, even my mom. So my mom, uh, when I was a teenager in high school, was driving me to uh, soccer practice. I'm on my way in the morning at 6 a.m. to Appleton North High School. No one's there. It's a very early soccer practice. And we are in the car. We're in the minivan driving there, and I, I said, Mom, I, uh, I want to go, I want my friend to give me a ride home. He just got his license like, a couple days ago, and I'm just excited about that. So could he just give me a ride home, and you don't have to come pick me up? And she said, absolutely not, no way. And I was like, why? She's like, because he's, he's totally not safe. And I'm like, why in the world would the state give him a license if he is not an incredible driver? <laughs> it's my teenage mind at work. And she just said, no, I'm, you're not doing it. It's not safe. And I was so upset, but this is, again, I had to honor my mom, even when it was hard or complicated. I was like, okay, fine. So I get out of the minivan. She drops me off. I go up to this guy, and I say, hey, man, my mom said, uh, you know, I can't get a ride with you because you're not safe. And as soon as it's safe, as soon as I hit that word, we heard what was the sound <laughs> of metal, like just screeching slowly up against what was concrete. And, and we turn around, and, and there's my mom's minivan perfectly wedged to the side of it. So the midsection of the van, van is like wedged just nicely up against a concrete base of a parking lot pole. There's no one in the parking lot. It's, it's, it's totally empty. I think a tumbleweed like rolls by, and she's wedged up against the side of this pole. <laughs> and we're just in awe of like the timing of that, you know, the timing of that experience. And so she starts to try to remediate this. She, she like puts it in reverse, you know, and like, ee, and then she puts it back in drive, ee, and it's just scraping both sides. It's just scraping it. She puts it in reverse again, turns the wheel, ee, puts it in forward, turns the wheel this way. Ee, she just stuck. She's just stuck on the side of this pole, scraping up the minivan. And we're, we're watching this. What goes on for like five minutes. Ee, 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 ee. And finally, she just has enough. She hits the gas really hard and ee, just scrapes the gashes the whole side of the minivan and drives about 10 feet and stops, <laughs> rolls down the window. It was one of these, it was a big window. Rolls the window down, leans out, I'm gonna pick you up, and then drives off. <laughs> like, like, just like that. And we didn't say a word, we just sat and watched the whole thing. And of course, my friend goes, goes uh, bro, listen, um, you know, I don't know if I'm a safe driver, but I think, <laughs> I think I should give you a ride home after this practice is done. It was the most coincidental moment. And I know what you're thinking. You're like, why would you tell that story on Mother's Day, Brian? Well, first of all, you have to know my mom. You know she's cracking up right now. If you know her, she loves it. It's one of her favorites. But I tell you that because, look, all moms, all of us, all people, we're imperfect. And we're hard to honor sometimes. And that's why this is a complicated holiday. I know some of you, this is a very hard holiday for a lot of reasons. But one of them might be because honoring you know, imperfect people is hard. There's something, there's a grind, there's a tension there, right? 
I mean, I know it's so hard. Some of you don't even want to go to church on Mother's Day because you know we're going to talk about it. I'm so glad you decided to tune in this morning because, look, here's the deal. I believe that in the soil and the dirt and the difficulty of this topic of honor, there is, a, there is renewal. There is some healing God wants to do. There's a seed of hope and healing in the dirt. And I want to lean in this morning a little bit because I know, I know you're thinking, how do I honor somebody? Like, this is the difficulty. Is it, is it endorsing their injustice that they were a party to in my life? Or are they, am I endorsing their, their objectively bad or painful experiences they've given me when I, when I honor them? Am I honoring that? Because there's something inside of us that says, that's not honorable. So how do, I, how do I honor my parents in the midst of their imperfection? That's a complicated, hard thing. I want to lean into it this morning, and I want to do it from a passage in Exodus. Now, here's the thing. I want to set the tone a little bit. This is, this is the first time God is giving his people their culture. You know, God has just taken the Jews. This is the second book of the Bible. He's just taken the Jews out of Egypt, and he's saying, listen, you guys aren't Egyptian. You don't have Egyptian customs, Egyptian laws anymore. You're not going to have Egyptian behaviors. You're my people, which means you need to reflect my values, what matters to me what my culture is. So I'm gonna give you a new set of laws, a new set of rules and regulations and values, really, based on who, what I care about, what my values are. And Moses is their leader. He's the one that climbs the mountain of God and he comes down with a set of rules or values, really. And you know them and I know them as the 10 commandments. These are God's top 10 list. And here's what's interesting, here's what's crazy. Parents, you made God's top 10 list. You made God's, and, and all the things God wanted to cover, the, the, of all the rules and regulations and things he wanted to deal with, parenting, you parents, you and your honor made his list. And this is how it goes. I'm going to read it to you. It starts out uh, with, you know, some of, the more some of the familiar commandments, you know, don't misuse the name of the Lord, remember the Sabbath, you know, there's the, you shall not have any other gods before me. But then number five Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. It is really hard for me to describe to you how breathtakingly insane that sounded to the audience. I mean, when this whole thing got done, when Moses got done reading these Ten Commandments and everybody went back to their iPhones and stuff and started tweeting about the whole experience, this was the one that got the most retweets. This was the one that everyone was talking about when this thing ended. In fact, it was so cataclysmically crazy to the ancient world that they lived in, their culture, this audience, that they probably even missed like six, seven, eight, nine, because they were so focused on what Moses had just read was a rule and a law for his people. And here's why. This is why. Mothers, pay attention. Here's, here's what they heard. Honor your father and your mother. In the ancient world, this kind of equality, absolute equality, was mind-bending. There's, listen to me, if you're a skeptic and you're like, I don't know if I can trust the Bible. I don't know if it's reliable. It was probably cooked at some point to try to further and advance their cause. This would have uncooked it. I mean, that law, that, that requirement to honor men and women equally would have ended the movement. It wouldn't have started it. 
That, I mean, the ancient world, women, and this is going to be hard to hear, but women were not people. They were possessions. It's like, hey, you want to marry my daughter? Okay, well, how much cattle you got? I'll give you, th- I'll give you my daughter for three cattle, three goats, whatever. We're trading possessions. This is a bartering thing. She's not a person. She's a possession. I know that, that should be hard to hear, okay? That should be because that is not biblical. That's not right. That's not the heart of God. And that's why in the midst of this ancient world that treated women like that and saw them like that, the heart of God comes down and says, no, you're going to honor fathers and mothers equally, That was so radical. Listen, if you ever question the veracity and the trustworthiness of Scripture, God does this everywhere, and he uses women. Happy Mother's Day. I mean, let's give an applause, throw some fire emojis down right now. Women, you are such an amazing backstop for a rational mind to think about the trustworthiness of Scripture. God gave us you guys and the story and how he wrote you into history and wrote you guys into the story of the Gospels and the story of the Bible in the midst of such a different culture that you can't argue this thing is anything other than the word of God. No other ancient religion or world would have ever even conceived such an idea. There's, there's, there's no way even a half rational mind who fully understands the ancient world in which this was written into would ever say, yeah, they manipulated it or would ever question its veracity. So if that isn't a reason, I mean, we could just end the message here, say thank you, Lord, for how you brought back the truth of women and men in total equalness. I mean, that is so awesome that he did that in the midst of such a different culture. We could be done. But we got more to cover. I want to give you three things I want you to see renewal in your life through. And this is the three things that are keeping you from finding renewal in this category of honor. And they come out from this one passage. And the first one is this. You can't find renewal if you, if you have to depend, or you can't find honor if you have to depend on your feelings. You'll never be able to honor anybody, let alone your mother or your father, if you have to depend on your feelings. Look, God could have said, he could have wrote down, uh, love your mother and father. Love your father and mother. He could have wrote it that way. He didn't. And he's not saying that we don't love our parents. Honor is a manifestation of love. But... God wrote it, honor. Because love, we know this, it's got a feeling component to it, right? Love has that. It's got this sense of emotion and feelings. And feelings are fickle, man. They come and go, right? But honor has this thing called duty. Meaning you do it no matter how you feel. If you're, if you're out there maybe right now and you're, you're not married and you're thinking one day I'm going to get married, you have to get engaged, right? That's what you have to do. Let's pretend for a second you got engaged and you go up to the person you're engaged to. And you go to them and you say this. You say, hey, listen, um, I want to be really authentic in our marriage. You know, I really want to be real. I don't want to ever fake it, you know. I'm not going to be fake. I'm not going to be phony. So listen, if I don't feel it, you know, if I don't feel like doing the dishes or cleaning up stuff or cleaning the bathroom, but I don't feel it, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to promise you I will never be that inauthentic. I will never be fake about it. If I don't feel it, I'm not going to do it. And you know what would happen next? Nothing, because you ain't getting married with that. You have to bring duty to love and especially honor. Honor's all about that. You need to honor, and it can't be held captive or hijacked by your feelings. It doesn't have to. Feelings come and go. Duty is a duty no matter what. You gotta honor your parents. Honor your mother and your father. Don't depend on how you feel about it. 
But don't miss this. You've got to understand something. Even though you don't have the feelings of delight all the time when you're doing it, I'm not saying you don't enjoy honoring your parents. But what I am saying is, is if at times you don't have the delight, what this verse just told us is that it's on its way. The duty of honoring your parents brings about delight. This is the only commandment in the ten that come with a reward. It's the only one. Every other Ten Commandments, every other one of the Ten Commandments, there's no reward listed on it. We know it's good for you to do, but this one lists specifically a reward. And listen to me, here's what's crazy. If you're not a Christian today and you're, you're, you don't believe in the Jesus thing or you're not really sure about the whole Noah and the ark and the, and the whole seven days of creation, like you're questioning all that, look, this reward is still available to you. It is always better to follow Jesus's path and, and God's word than it is to not do it. And this one specifically makes a promise to you. It's a reward, it's a promise. God doesn't mostly fulfill his promises. If you do this, God promises you will what? Live long life in the land that he gives you. Now you have to understand what he's saying when God says that. When God writes that, here's what he's saying. He's not saying you're gonna live a billion years the more you honor your parents. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is that word live, is that, that means thrive. That word means like live, live. You know, like you, we all know people who are living, but they're kind of like walking dead. You know, they're really not alive. They're just kind of surviving. Look, you wanna live, like live, live, like thrive. In the land that the Lord gives you, whether that land is in drought, whether that land is in a flood, whether that land is in abundance, whatever that land is and wherever the land is that God gives you, you want to thrive in it, honor your parents. Honor them. This is a promise. Now, look, one way I think that this could look, let me give, I'm going to give you a couple ways this, this could show up in your life. Number one is this. If you honor your parents, parents, if you honor your parents, parents, if you honor grandma and grandpa, your dad and your mom, guess who's watching? Your kids. Your kids are not learning what it means to honor their parents from me, from this little screen thing we're doing here. They're not learning from me. Okay, they're learning from you. You are teaching them what it means to honor not just pay lip service to grandma or, or grandpa, but to truly honor them. They're watching you do it. So every time they call and they want you to fix the computer, every time they call and they're complaining because everything hurts right now and it's just hard, and you respond with dishonor, they're learning what it means to honor their parents. So you want to have a long life that is living, living, and not just long and lonely or long and walking dead. You want to have that? Honor grandma and grandpa, honor them and watch how your kids learn how to honor their parents. That's one. Now, some of you are like, look, I don't have kids. So how does this apply to me? Listen, I, I know this. Whenever you choose to not honor somebody, there's two things that are probably happening. When you choose to not honor your parents, there's two things that are gonna fillet you from the inside out and not give you a truly living, living life. Number one could be selfishness. If you choose, like, like, I'm not going to spend time honoring, which is putting them above me, right? If you choose to not do that with your parents, there's something else going on. It's called selfishness. And selfishness makes your world small because then it's just about you. There's no purpose in selfishness. No, your purpose is always outside of you. There's always something to you. If, you, if your purpose is just you, that's a small purpose. That's a small world. 
and that will eventually lead to a lonely and quite dead life. Second thing that could be going on if you are not honoring your, your parents is it could be coming from this almost desire to dishonor them, and that usually comes from a soil called bitterness, which absolutely rots you from the inside out. Look, it is always better to follow God's commands than it is to not do it. And God is telling you, look, I want you to honor your parents, not because they are perfect and not because they do honorable things. Don't you think God knew when he wrote this down that you need to honor your parents, that he knew they were a mess? Don't you think he knew that? Don't you think he knew they're going to do dishonorable things? And yet he still says to you, honor your mother and father. Doesn't say honor them as long as they're perfect. Doesn't say that. Just says do it. And this leads us to our second, our second thing that we have to learn about honor is you can't honor them if you have to depend. If, you can't honor them if you don't know why you're doing it. If you think the reason why you're honoring your parents is because they're morally honorable, you're never really going to honor them that much, aren't you? I mean, let's face it, we're all, we're all broken. Here is, is the why you honor your parents is because of who they really are. To know that, we're going to take a step back one book to Genesis chapter 1. This is the first chapter of Genesis is what it says. So God created mankind in his own image, in his image. They bear his image. They're created that way. Regardless of what they do in their life morally, they're still created in his image. They still bear that image of God. He created them. Male and female, he created them. They bear the image and likeness of God. That's really who they are. And that's really the most, God is the only thing that truly deserves honor for his performance. And no matter how damaged or marred or messed up or cut up that image is, you can't take it away from him. It's theirs. Whether you're a Christian today or not, whether you're watching this, regardless of what your religion is, guess what? We believe you bear the image of God. You are created in God's image. And no matter what you believe about God and no matter what you've done for or with him or against him, you bear his image. And you can't help it, but pieces of that are going to come out. It's damaged for sure. It's broken. But we honor our parents because of who they are, not because of what they do. Who they are is the image of God. This is one way to apply this. Let me, let me help you. Um, stop being so frustrated about who your parents are not or what they're not or what they don't do, and start enjoying them for who they are. Just start enjoying your parents for the things and the pieces of the image of God that they are. Stop being so frustrated about all the things they're not. Stop trying to put on their back God, your father, who is everything. I mean, he is truly everything. He's your friend, right? Jesus says, you are my friends. I call you friends. So you're God's Friend, because Jesus is God. God is your heavenly father. He's your perfect father, your loving father. Even if your father is not a father to you in all the ways that we understand that, God is fully. And he's your wise counselor. You know, I want a wise counselor out of my dad, or I want a wise counselor out of my mom. Look, if you don't get that from them, remember, you don't need that from them. God is your wise counselor. He sends you the Holy Spirit who is the wise counselor. He's the one that washes your feet. He serves you. He's your king and your coach that tells you what hill to go take and leads you toward purpose. God is everything. Stop trying to make your 
parents everything. Stop trying to, stop being so upset at all the things they're not. Just start enjoying who they are. You know, across the border from gratitude is, is contentment and happiness. You can't have happiness and contentment with anything unless you have appreciation and gratitude. If you're not appreciating something or you're ungrateful, what's across that border? Discontentment, unhappiness. Start being appreciative and grateful for the things that your parents have. Look, you don't want them putting on your back to be everything for them. Why would you, why, why would you do that to them? Just enjoy and appreciate who they are. The last The last thing this verse tells us about honor that we need to learn is this. You can't honor them. You can't honor your parents. If you don't know what God did with your shame, you you can't do it. Um, You'll run out of steam trying to honor them. You'll run out of steam picking yourself off the floor of failure when you don't do it. Um, we're going to go one chapter or one book up. We were in Genesis. Now we're going to go on the other side of Exodus. And the thing about Leviticus, which is where we're going to be in a second, um, not yet, but in a second, I want you to know, Leviticus is kind of a lot more of like what happens when you break the laws. And, and you have to understand, like, God, God does that for us. He gives us, he gives us people where to go when we break his commands? Because here's the thing, you can't get past what you don't own. So if you don't own it, if you don't deal with the things you've messed up or the things, that, the sin in your life, maybe right now you know you've got some stuff and you're like, I haven't dealt with this. I haven't addressed it with anybody. And it's, and it's eating you up. You know why? Because God, look, you can't get past what you don't own. You gotta own it. And so God provided his people a way to deal with their failures, to deal with their mess, And let me tell you what's not dealing with your mess is saying like, I don't have to deal with it. (laughs) That's not dealing with it. Dealing with it is looking honestly in the mirror at it, engaging it for what it is, but then going somewhere with it. And God gives the Israelites, he gives his people a place to go. And it's a picture. It's a metaphor for where we as Christians can go because of eventually Jesus Christ who takes all our sin but until then, God gives them a system. It's called a sacrificial system. And, and frankly, other religions, they're kind of familiar with it, but God set it up a little bit differently because in other religions, it was do the sacrifices to appease the gods because they're blood hungry, they're bloodlust and they're, they're hungry for blood. No, no, no. And, and God said, look, you're gonna do sacrifices, okay? I know you're familiar with that, but it's totally different. It's totally different. The work doesn't save you. The work doesn't make me happy. It's not about making me happy with all the works and all the sacrifices, no, I'm a, I'm a relational God. I want a relationship with you. And here's the deal. Sin, if it's going to be dealt with justly, there has to be a penalty. Not dealing with sin is not called justice. That's called injustice. Letting people get away with stuff, that's unjust. God's a just God. That's a good thing. And so he says, look, I want you to deal with it, but I, want, I don't want you to pay the price. So I'm going to provide a way, okay? I'm going to provide a way for you to deal with your sin because you've got to deal with it. You can't get past it if you don't own it. You got to deal with your sin. So I'm going to give you this way. It's called the sacrificial system. 
And it's not about doing the work that fixes the sin. It's actually about you just putting your faith. It's always been about faith, always been about faith. Putting your faith in that God has provided a means for you to deal with your sin and imperfection. And this is it. It's in Leviticus chapter one, sacrificial system. If the offering for sin is a burnt offering from the herd, so it's livestock, you're to offer a male without defect. You must present it at the entrance to the tent of meeting so that it will be acceptable to the Lord. Next. You are to lay your hand on the head of the burnt offering. Don't read so fast. Don't, you know, every word of, of the Bible is inspired by God. It has purpose. God doesn't waste words. You know, I might waste words while I'm up here talking. God doesn't waste anything. He's very specific. Don't skip this. God is very specific. First, you lay your hand on the head of the burnt offering. And it will be accepted on your behalf to make atonement for you, for your sins. You are to slaughter the young bull before the Lord. And then Aaron's sons, the priests, shall bring the blood and splash it against the sides of the altar at the entrance to the tent of the meeting. This is a picture of the New Testament lamb, the sacrificial lamb for our sin. His name is Jesus Christ. But the process, the process is the same. And here's where we get stuck. We, we, we can't even begin this with Jesus because we have so much shame. Shame keeps us from even beginning this process. You see, what's not said in Leviticus is that you have to look at the animal before you put your hand on its head. It's kind of assumed, right? Put your hand on the animal's head. Well, here's the thing. Like, you, you can't even, you have to look at Jesus before you can even put your hand on his head and give him all your stuff. You can't. And here's why I know this. Because in Romans chapter 5, Paul writes this. He says, it's God's kindness that leads us to that moment of repentance, it's God's kindness that does it. And here's why. Our shame can't look into God's kindness. We're so ashamed of who we are and what we've done and all this stuff. It's part of the reason why you say, I don't have problems. You're just too ashamed to admit it. You're so ashamed. You won't even look at repentance. You won't look at giving God your sin. You're going to deny you have sin. And the reason is you're just ashamed. You're just so ashamed. You're like, I can't even look at you, God. I can't give this to you. I'm just so unworthy. I can't even deal with the ugliness of this sin. I don't belong. I can't give it to you. And Jesus is saying, look at me. Look into my eyes. I love you. I love you. There's kindness here. Look, I don't want to go to the cross. I said, Lord, let this cup pass from me. But I would rather go to the cross than you go to the cross. As much as I don't want to go, I don't want you to go to it. Look in my eyes. I love you. God's saying this to you right now. My kindness wants to lead you to healing and repentance. Look at me. Put your sin, put your shame on my head. Let me take it. And that's what you got to do. You can't just ignore your sin. You got to deal with it to get past it. But the only way to deal with it is to look right into the eyes of Jesus. See how much he loves you. See how much he's begging you. I love you so much. Give me your sin. Give me your sin. Give me your shame. And then you repent of it. You say, Lord, this is it. This is the stuff that I'm ashamed of. This is my sin. And you put your hand on his head. 
You look him square in the eyes and you give him your sin. And then 2,000 years ago, he stood up and he walked. He carried his own cross full of your sin. And then he got on it and died for it. And then there was an exchange because it didn't end there. I mean, it was violent. I mean, it was, there was blood and it's not because it's God's gratuitous. It's because that's what your sin costs. It's that bad. It's that ugly and you know it. In fact, it's probably worth an eternity of that in hell. But, but either way, it's, it's violent. There's blood everywhere. And it's not, again, it's not because God is a bloodlust. It's because that's what sin is. It's terrible. It's wicked. It's awful. And you know it. But there was an exchange. In exchange for all that sin, you get the atonement, the covering of a perfect, clean slate. Perfection, honor. You get all the honor of being royalty, of being a son or a daughter of God. You get the honor of being a daughter, a son of the king. Um, I know in a room, in a, in a broadcast with this many people, that there probably, there probably is some, some of you that objectively your parents did nothing honorable for you. I mean, there are, there are stories that is hard, and I know you, you, that might be your story. There has been nothing honorable about their life, shameful things they did to you or, or were party to, um, and they've never apologized. And so what then? Well, you honor them because they at least bear the image of God that gave you life so that you might right now, today, maybe even for the first time, experience new life in Jesus Christ alone. And then spend eternal life in heaven, in eternal bliss, with the God, your Father, who loves you and has purpose for you. So, honor, honor your mother, honor your father today, honor, honor them every day. Because of who they are, the reflection and the image of your God who loves you, gave his life for you, and gives you new life. Let's pray. Jesus, you know how painful shame is because you bore all of it. You bore all of it on the cross, Lord, and you felt it. You didn't look away. You, you took it and you took our shame and then you exchange it for honor, which we do not deserve 
Lord, you know I'm going to make it impossibly hard for Adeline to give me honor because of my moral performance, my daughter. Lord, you, we, we don't deserve honor. None of us do. You're the only one who deserves honor. And then you come into our world and you say, honor your mother and father. And Lord, you, you, don't, you did it because you want something for us, not from us. And Lord, I think you want so much for people today to see the reason we honor people is because they point us to you. And when we do it, we point the world to you. When we honor people, Lord, who don't deserve it, I pray people would see that and come to ask questions of our church. Why, do you, why are you so honoring to everybody? God, I pray that we would point them to the fact that you give us honor that we don't deserve. Because of what you did on that cross 2,000 years ago, you are the only one that deserves honor. And so, Lord, may we live a life that honors people because you are worth honoring and you alone. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.